1: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low-intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com
1: slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
2: It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Uruguay, our main event, one that fans have been clamoring for for years. It is the rematch of Valentina Shevchenko and Liz Carmouche. Co-main event, I think we can all agree, is the people's main event. That fight should have Vicente Luque taking on Platinum Mike Perry. That's a real main event. Really kind of funky card for DraftKings. Here to break it down for you guys. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, the analysts, the more important guys, Joe Sun Tzu and Chris Olson from Road Guys, how you doing?
1: Awesome, man. Nice to be back after a, a week off. I guess I wasn't going to be on anyway, but we had uh... – we had technical issues uh, with the, the Google Hangouts having gone away, and I have to say, I'm I love this new this new stream a lot better. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, this is um you got, you can see everybody's face all at once. There's not any kind of crazy flipping. If there is flipping, Chris kind of has control. So if you guys don't like where the cameras pointed, uh, that's on Chris. Much better video this week. I you guys can't tell I've been hearing me talk about it for weeks. I am pseudo moved and then the movers are coming tomorrow. I'm in the the house, but I'm literally sitting on a beanbag chair in my office with no other furniture Zero moved. I got it. So tomorrow everything will happen. I'll have a better computer as well. so we should all be in much better shape. Um, but because of my picture quality you can you can tell the difference between my computer and, and yours and yours too. Nice.
1: Uh,
2: all right. Um, Chris, any thoughts on on this card before I give I give the uh, standard intro? And are you looking forward to things like um? I got to say, the third to last fight of this card is going to be a freaking disaster. Eduardo garrigori against Humberto Bandone is yes. your lead into the main event. Are, is, is that got you pumped up?
3: Well, that does not. But I will say that um, there are cards on this. Uh, there are fights on this undercard, I should say, that are very sneakily going to be some good fights. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Vargas de Silva. I'm excited to see De Freitas back against Chris Gutierrez. And then uh the main card is pretty solid except for what uh, Sean just mentioned. So could you find it for Vargas to Silva? Uh yeah, that's gonna be a good fight, man. That's gonna fade that fight. Two athletic guys, I don't know but well, we'll talk about it, I guess. Yeah, but, I don't know um, about
2: fading that either, Joe.
3: Ooh. Um guys, if you if you if you can notice I'm very uncomfortable getting my head into the screen, but don't worry because when um when, uh, what are you trying to do? I'm just trying to go, yeah, go that way a little bit. It's which it's way? like watching a Move monkey, your monkey over, okay? Like
2: watching a monkey trying, you know what? A doorknob. Hold well,
3: <laughs> when I, um, when I, I hang on, when I, okay, when <laughs> by, the, out, by
2: the way,
3: <laughs> I can't oh, get the hang of really it. I don't know why Chris can't get his <laughs>
2: and now you look insane. I what know, you,
3: okay. either way, guys, when, when one of us talks, we're going to focus in. So um, when, you, when you hear my analysis, it's just going to be my beautiful face that you see. So we won't have any more of these problems. But yes, as far as the card goes, I am excited for it. Um, I think that it can be sneakily good, and I think the main card will uh, produce. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for it.
2: All right, before we get into the, the goodness that is, this, that is this fight card, especially for GPPs, I will say it's think it's a very interesting GPP card. Um, I got to tell you, the fight IQ is brought to you by RotoWire. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10 day free trial to all their premium content, no credit card required. You can watch this uh, on YouTube live at 8, 8 o'clock on Fridays. Make sure you subscribe to the RotoWire YouTube channel. You can also listen to this, the recording of that live podcast on iTunes under RotoWire. MMA. You can also follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. I think that's enough of the pleasantries, guys. Let's get in right into. I know where me and Joe already disagree some because we talked about it on Twitter. Pollyanna Vienna 8600 taking on Veronica Macedo at 7600. Macedo huge line line value here. Odds value. She is minus 135, priced at 7,600, while as Pollyanna Vienna is plus 125, priced at 8,600. Both fighters have underachieved in their UFC career. Vienna stepping up, by the way, uh, on short notice, upper weight class. Macedo has had some flashes, but she's been, able, she's been out-muscled previously. I think she's going to be the better striker. i like her to win a really close fight. If Vienna bullies her, she'll win, but either way, to me, the only one that interests me on in DraftKings is Macedo. She will be chalk, though, Joe. Since we talked about it on Twitter, you uh, you can start us off here. Yeah,
1: I'm not saying that I disagree. I'm just saying that I would not buy all into the odds value. I mean, I know the the odd value plays catch a lot of ownership, and I intend to be solidly under market on ownership here, just because I see this as a pick'em fight, and not only is it a pick'em fight. It's a coin toss fight. Um, I can't like come up with a winner. Both of these ladies are lower echelon in the weight class. Um, Very attractive. I will say that. Um, But other than that, I really can't, you know, separate them too much. I mean, obviously the line is flipped. I think a lot of that is based on the short notice nature of the fight. Um, But other than that, neither one is actually impressed a lot. So, yeah, I'll have some shares for line value. But if you want to actually play game theory, you should you should have a share or two of Vienna because she is a horrible value at her price right now. And uh, I think that she's going to be very under owned. So I would say that there are better pivots even at Macedo's price point um, that I would go to. Um, above and beyond her, because look, even if she wins, she's likely not going to get ten x. I don't see a finish, so just be careful with this line value. It's not a fight that you need to go all in on. I'll give a lean to Macedo for the win, but uh, it's not a highly confident pick, and I am just pleading that people, you know, exhibit caution when they they you know don't just blindly load load Macedo into your lineups.
2: Yeah, hey, I'm not saying to go crazy, but the issue is that I see people in chat already saying fade, Guys, all the other pivots that Joe's talking about. They're high, they're high volatility. And you have Macedo at minus 135. I can't recommend a fade because if none of those other guys come, come through, we're going to have an issue here where Macedo's going to end up on the optimal just based on our price. Now there's one dog price right next to where I like a ton more. We'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah, but I, I just, I'm not saying go overweight on Macedo, but, to the guys in chat thinking about a full fade, I would I would caution you against that. Uh, Chris.
3: Well, I wouldn't full fade Macedo, and there I am, uh, full screen, so we don't have to deal with that nonsense anymore. Um, I wouldn't go full fade on Macedo, but I have to say that it's really hard for me to pick Macedo even in this fight. Um, the reason being is, I mean, they both have pretty similar skill sets where they like to stay on the outside on the feet and play like a long-range kicking game. Uh, Macedo being the more athletic of the two. But the thing about Masedo is everyone, literally everyone who has tried has taken her down multiple times. So it's really hard for me. And I feel like she's way too comfortable off her back. And I mean, it, it looks like she she might have a decent uh, bottom sweep game, but I'm not putting too much weight into that when I have an, another uh, jiu-jitsu player in, uh, in, Vienna, in Vienna here. I just think that eventually she gets this fight to the ground. There might be some sketchy moments in the beginning. Um, or as long as it's on the feet just because of that speed and athleticism disadvantage. But at some point, I have to expect Vienna gets this fight to the ground because um, Macedo has either A, show no ability to stop it, or B, is comfortable there. Either one you don't want if you're Macedo. I think, as we know, that Macedo is the chalk, as you said, which is very weird. So if people are going to be off uh, Vienna here when Macedo has a very clear liability in a matchup where her opponent's strength is jujitsu, then, yeah, I'm all for it. So my pick is Vienna.
2: All right, moving on. Alex De Silva, 9,200, taking on Rodrigo Vargas at 7,000. That line – hang on, that line can't be right. I have to refresh best fight odds, guys. Otherwise, there's been massive line movement. Is that right? No, five dimes is wrong. Five dimes had Vargas listed as the favorite, which – is just weird, but all the other sites have it about right minus 285 ish for Silva. Come back on Vargas plus 237. Vargas, not good, tough Mexican fighter. Alex De Silva looked good in his UFC debut until he got submitted in the second round by um, Yakovlev. Look, I think Silva's better here. Vargas, not that impressive, just tough. I think Silva hits hard enough. I think this is a sneaky fight to target in GPPs. The issue is the rest of the 9,000, everybody else in that $9,000 range is going to be more popular than Silva and that's going to drag down his ownership. I like Silva in this one quite a bit, but uh, I will have some shares of Vargas because he just going to want to sit down and throw, I think. And he's, he's really cheap. Uh, Chris, you start this one.
3: Yeah. Um, I, 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 we didn't to know why you don't think Vargas is good at all. I, I mean, I actually I, I actually think he's, I mean, look, he's got a good hard kicking game. He, um, not much of a boxer. I'll give you that much, but yeah, um, He's an active takedown artist, as is uh, Silva, which is what makes this fight interesting. I think, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of leaning towards Vargas here. And the reason I say that is because I just feel like he's a little bit more composed on the feet. Uh, we saw a lot of times in the Silva fight where he would just sort of lunge at strikes in that Yakolev fight. And um, I, 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 the other thing is, I really think that Vargas is, go- is going to outscramble him. Now, that's a little bit of deduction on my part. We don't have a ton of evidence of one versus the other. They're both willing to scramble. I just think Vargas is going to be stronger here. I like his, from what I've seen, I like his transitions on the ground a little bit better. I think he's a little bit smoother. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough competitive fight for as long as it lasts. But I, I don't know. This is just, and by the way, Vargas is, is the one with the experience here, if I'm not mistaken. So um, all of all of that were relative experience anyway. Not so, the UFC, all, yeah. Yeah, so all all of that is um is really is really kind of leaning me towards uh, Vargas. This might be like I agree with with Sean that uh, that, that that the nine thousand range. I think that most people won't be targeting this over there. So if you do like him, I think that he's a good play as well. I I really think both guys are pretty viable here. I think uh, Vargas will be even less well known because there's less known about him, and there was even it was even hard to find a ton of tape on him. But uh, I kind of like what I've seen from Vargas, at least enough to pit him against uh, another guy who's light on experience here. So, yeah, I'm going to take Vargas.
1: Joe? Yeah, so my issue with Vargas is
3: he's taken 15
1: months off. Um, his last win was notable against former UFC fighter uh, Mike De La Torre, but that was 15 months ago. And he's 33 years old. I have to believe the only reason he got – the call was because he, they needed a, a later notice replacement. Um, with that said, I'm not overly impressed and or enamored with, uh, with the Silva either. Um, I think I might've actually had him. Um, yeah, he was, a, it was like a, a pick'em fight against the great white North, um, or the thunder of the North, um, Alexander Yakolev, who himself was coming off of a very long layoff in that fight. And, uh, you know, Da Silva did not exhibit great fight IQ and, and, and getting choked out. So I to Chris's point, I will say that of all of the higher end, higher salaried fighters on DraftKings, De Silva is my least favorite. Um, I won't say that I'm ready yet to endorse Vargas simply because of the layoff. Um, also just of note, da Silva fights is part of Astro Fight Camp, which is not a bad uh Brazilian camp. Um Vargas is at some camp called Mexican Pride, which I don't know a lot about. So you've got a guy coming off of a 15-month layoff, um, had a couple of canceled fights, 33 years old, um, stepping up on short shorter notice. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Silva here, but again, he is not he is my least favorite of the higher-priced DK fighters.
2: Geraldo D. Fritas 8300 taking on Chris Gutierrez at 7900. Deuphredis, De or however you say his name, I just I can't get this guy's name right. I've pronounced it eight different ways. Um, is minus 130. The comeback in Gutierrez is plus 120. And oddly enough, the guy whose name I can't say. It's one of my favorite plays on the card. I uh, wasn't impressed by Gutierrez. was impressed by, I'm going to call him GDF in his fight. Um, look, I just I, He's got wrestling potential, which we love on DraftKings. He looked clean on the feet. Um, I, I think he's better than Gutierrez everywhere. I'm surprised this line... I mean, they're two relatively un- unknowns, so minus 130. I think there's there's some value in that line. Um, I like GDF quite a bit in this fight in the mid range. Joe?
1: Well, I mean, given um, Colaris who DeFreitas beat, um, given Colaris' recent win against um, Dom, um, you know, how good does that win look? Um, he also, in that win, put up 128 DK points. So um, I didn't put a ton of time into looking into this fight until... One, I saw the 128 DK points and then realized who it was he beat in his last fight and how good Kolaris looked coming back um, against the biggest favorite on the card a few slates back. Um, so that looks like a pretty good win. Uh, I'm with you, Sean. I'm going to go with De Freitas here. Um, he has got slate-breaking potential. Um, Gutierrez is a decent fighter. <laughs> excuse me, let's see, what fight team is he training with? Fighting out of Englewood, Colorado. Probably
2: Team Elevation.
1: Yeah, if he's with Elevation. Look, I mean, getting choked out by Rony Barcelos is no, you know, is nothing to really feel too bad about. Um, He did win a unanimous decision against Ryan McDonald. I don't think this is a slam dunk for for DeFortetis. Um, you know, although I I do like his slate breaking capability and the fact that that win now looks a whole lot better against uh, uh, against Calaris. so I'm going to go with DeFertitus. But um, I would say you know if you're playing a lot of lineups, sprinkle in a share or two of of Gutierrez. But my play is is definitely DeFertitus here.
3: Chris, uh, yeah, I um the opportunity to pat myself on the back here. I was talking of DeFertitus a lot. Um, in the wake of that Colaris fight on this very podcast. The thing I I like uh, most about him is uh, that he's got a very solid boxing game in addition to his wrestling game and, of course, the the excellent jiu-jitsu game. I think um, he's very good defensively. I think that uh, he's good at slipping shots. He's good at, uh, you know, drawing his opponent out when he needs to. The thing about Chris Gutierrez, and I agree with Sean, is that, you know, like he's okay. He's just sort of like a very defensive-minded Kickboxer, and um, I don't think that's going to be enough against the guy in freight who's who's going to be quicker than him, most likely stronger than him, a better boxer, a better wrestler, you know, at all. So I really think this is better everywhere. I agree with Sean again, saying that the, the line kind of confused me, but I'm going to be I'm going to be heavy on DeFreitas here.
2: That that makes me nervous. Now I'm scared. <laughs> uh, next up, Rogério in 8200, taking on. Raulian Paiva at 8,000. Bontorin is the minus 110 favorite. Small dog and Paiva at plus 100. Both guys coming off of split decisions. Bontorin got a win over um, Bibliotov. Paiva lost to Kaikara France in Australia. Look, Paiva looked good in that fight. I just – I'm more impressed with Bontorin, but from the DraftKings – it's a tough fight. This is one of the ones I'm going back and forth on. I lean towards Paiva, towards Bontarin to get a win. But even though it's a mid-range fight, I don't think either one of these guys are good DraftKings scores. I don't. I don't know how excited I am to play either one of them, uh, Chris.
3: Yeah, I I agree. As I uh, was delinquent in my in my uh, production duties there for a second, but I agree uh, with that sentiment. I think that uh, you know, I, I don't really see either one scoring all that well. I would say that I am on Bonteri here. I just think that um, you know, Piave is uh, he's a good pressure fighter, but It just seems like once he gets you uh, pressured, his technique sort of breaks down. We saw that a lot in his uh, debut against Kaikara France, where he would chase him with strikes or really just sort of run into the clinch. And uh, I just feel like those technique breakdowns are going to hurt him against Bontren, who really is not a fantastic boxer, but a solid one, a guy who doesn't really overextend too much. Uh, On the ground, this is going to be really interesting. They're both uh, really scrambly guys, so we could be in for a – a nice treat there. It just, it's, it's sort of tough to say how this fight's going to go once it hits the ground. I think Bontorin has it on the feet, as I said. If I had to go one way, I'm going to pick Bontorin. But uh, yeah, this is not one of my high priorities on this card. Joe, uh, I like Pavia here. I think he offers a little bit of line value.
1: Um, both of these fighters are Dana White Contender Series alums. Although I would say that. Um, uh, Bon it Turin had the better win. Yeah. He had a split, he had a, a submission win versus a split decision win. Um both of these guys, their first fight in the UFC um were split decisions um as, as underdogs. Um split decision win over Magomed Bilatov for Bonatin. Um that was that was impressive. But I have to say, um, the split decision loss against Kaikara France was actually more impressive. Um, to me, I think he could have actually won that fight. Um, he looked good. I like some of the things I saw. I can't recall whether it was short notice or not. But, I mean, you know, here's a guy. He 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 actually flew across, you know, across the world here to take this fight. And uh, this is a little bit closer to home. Um, there is some a small amount of line value um, on this card. So I will lean towards... Um, Pavia, I think he sneakily could put up a decent score um, I don't have a high level of confidence but I'm going to go with Pavia here
2: Alright, Tisha Torres 8700 taking on Marina Rodriguez at 7500 Tisha Torres, the favorite, minus 150 come back on Rodriguez is plus 140 uh, Torres, three straight losses against killers, Rodriguez undefeated, not great competition she's a kickboxer Torres is a boxer, I just think Tisha's better uh, the issue, though, again, is DraftKings scoring. Tisha typically just doesn't score a lot of points, even in her in her wins. Um, she has the path for grappling, but I don't think she's going to use it. She re- rarely does. Um, so, yeah, I like Tisha Torres to win, but I don't think this is a good DraftKings fight. Joe?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's I posted my ticket on Twitter. This is the single largest wager I've made um, on a straight-up fight this year, and it's on Tisha Torres. Um, I see levels to this game. Um Combine that with um, the way that Torres has looked at sparring. I've I've been following her up on Instagram. A shout out to, and I can't remember his name, but um, he posted up some of her opponents. She's been training with world-class Muay Thai fighters in sparring. Um, I do think she will use her her wrestling here. Um, You know, she can get takedowns. Um, She did get a few against um, Andrade. Um, You know, she attempted 10 takedowns against Ah, uh, Joanna Champion, but Joanna Champion has got much better takedown defense than Rodriguez. Um, again, I, I get the the height and reach differential. I honestly think Torres could win this by getting inside um, with her more technical striking. I also think she will. I'm going to say get at least two takedowns um, against Rodriguez. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. I don't necessarily see this as a good DraftKings play. I'd probably go out and say it's probably not. However. Um, you know, the initial line was minus 139. That line is now up to 177. So the line is kind of moving in my direction. I don't know whether I would recommend a wager at minus 177, but um, I do like her to get the win. Um, let's go Tisha Torres, unanimous decision with at least two takedowns.
2: You know, speaking of, of social media, see who's back in Tisha Torres's room?
1: Yeah, we, I, I saw box. that. I saw that. I was wondering, like, I had heard they broken up. You know, I no, saw that. So I wonder,
2: I wonder how true it was. Anyway, I wonder if
1: that makes I wonder if that means she's going to fight with a renewed vigor. So let's see.
2: But, but by the way, if, you, if you're not familiar, that's uh, the answer to that question is Raquel Pennington.
1: Yes. Right. Uh, rumors
2: Pennington. were they broke up and Pennington won her yeah. last fight. And yep. they're posting pictures in Taurus's room cutting weight. Yeah. Or after weight cut. Uh, Chris, how do you have the
3: fight? Yeah. Uh, I am. Um... Now I, I almost well hope I, my pick doesn't come in if, if it's going to be Joe's largest wager. But I, I, that I pick? go against me. I, I am uh, I'm picking well. I have a heart, Joe. You know I don't like to see my podcast mates you have know, a heart. lose a lot of money. <laughs> but uh, I I am going with Rodriguez here. Um, wow. Sean said it. Sean said it first, and I think there's an adage in this game that that doesn't let us down too often, and it's kickbox the boxer. Um, I think that the more tools on the feet really helped there, uh, including her height and reach advantage, which which Joe mentioned. One thing I really liked about uh, Rodriguez's fight with Aguilar, and I'm not comparing the two in terms of wrestling, but one thing I really did like there was Marina's ability to wrench up Aguilar in the the clinch and just go to work with knees and elbows and things as the taller fighter. I like that a lot. I feel like she could do a similar thing here. And I, I'm just not sure. Joe, you said it. You said that she can win if she gets in, but she has to get in first. I like Rodriguez to uh, keep her on the end. I think that if they do uh, clinch up, she will be able to use her Muay Thai skills in the clinch, as I said. And I just I just like uh, Rodriguez a lot here, especially as a dog play. So uh, I'm going with who I think is the better striker. I think she's going to uh, fade the wrestling. Better striker? Huh? Maybe higher volume, but not better. Well, I, well, no, I would say
2: better, sure. Really? Okay. Yeah, i disagree obscure that too, but we'll find out. To me, Rodriguez is a kicker, yeah. not her boxing. I mean, she's a kickboxer, throws mostly kicks. And she's but,
1: higher volume, but she's nowhere near as technical as, as Torres.
2: But again, if it comes down uh, to volume, I don't know. I, I don't you know, we'll see say, it, but I, I do think Rodriguez is going to get uh, some love in cash games because of her price, and we're expected to see three rounds. That being said, let's move on to a fight that should not see three rounds. Cyril Gagne at 9,400, taking on, God, I don't even know this guy's first name, Rafael Pessoa at 6,800. Gagne minus 430, Pessoa plus 380, both making their UFC debut. Gagne, the big favorite, is only 3-0, but he looks like a legit fighter. Pessoa looks like um, your neighborhood-friendly trash man. He is beating up a bunch of nobodies in in Brazil, but he is 5-0. He has power. He manages to look bad in the fights. He gets knockouts in. It's it's kind of weird. He just you know marches forward, chin up. Uh, Gagne looks like a legit prospect. I think knocks him out. Love this fight for GPPS um, pick here. Obviously, if you haven't picked up on it for me, is Gagne. Um, Chris, you're gonna go hot take on this one too, and take uh, Pessoa?
3: No, no hot take on this one. But I I, I would say that um, I want to I want to let you guys know how much I love you. Is I I, I couldn't find any Pessoa fights. so I actually paid for his last LFA fight. Uh, Shelled out those three dollars. I will be invoicing RotoWire for that promptly. But um, I, I, what I saw was was not great. I mean, basically, what he tries to do is just sort of throw hard kicks and then and then back up and catch you coming in with a punch or something. But uh, in this instance, Gagne is going to be way more athletic. He's going to be just the, the way uh, better volume striker. He's just going to be a, a. He's a good pressure fighter. He's a good defensively. I don't expect him to get caught with one of. Um, Pizzoa's slow hooks coming in. Obviously, it's a big heavyweight fight, so, you know, anything can happen as we see, but I I really just don't see it. Aside from a lightning strike uh, shot that he hits him on the chin with, which, of course, could happen, I think Gagne has this pillar to post. I'm going to be pretty heavy and confident on him here. Joe? Yeah,
1: um, you know, Francis Ngannou's former training partner at the uh, camp in Paris that they both trained at, um, guys only three, and zero, um, kind of highly touted, obviously always dangerous when you get, you know, this is a 29 year old heavyweight, which we, we all consider young in the heavyweight arena. Um, you know, this is a fight, not without risk, although his opponents have not been the typical cans that you see, but the guy has only had three fights. So keep that in mind, um, best inside the distance prop on the card. Will be very highly targeted and highly owned, um, but just keep all of that in consideration. Um, you know, when you lock this guy in, um, I do like him. I am going to pick him to win. I think this is pretty much a setup fight. Um, you know, for him to get the L and to get the W. Well, sorry, and and move on. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he like moved to Vegas and started training with Um, In any case, uh, I will pick Gan Ganyan, Ganyan. Um, I will pick him um, to win by finish.
2: Alexi Kunchenko, 8,800, taking on Gilbert Burns, 7,400. Line on this fight, Kunchenko, minus 125. Line is, k- keeps closing, Burns, plus 115. Some odds value there for Burns. Kunchenko is 20-0, he's undefeated. Not great UFC competition yet. Uh, definitely his toughest fight. Does look good. Looks to have good takedown defense. Low output striker, so he's not a good DraftKings play pretty much ever. Uh, Burns, first fight at 170 on short notice. Man, world-class BJJ player. His hands are coming along. Plus One plus 115, Gilbert Burns is the guy I was talking about um, earlier. If there's an underdog who's going to break the slate, I, I think it's most likely going to be Gilbert Burns, one of my favorite underdog plays um, on the card just because I'm not scared of Conchenko over three rounds. Burns has the big right hand. He's got this fight hits the ground. I think it's done quick. Um, yeah. I like Gilbert Burns a lot in this fight. Uh, Joe.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say a lot. I mean, he's moving up to Welterweight. He's taking the fight short notice. Um, line value moving in his favor is going to be very highly owned. Um, I don't think it's a secret. Um, I would Lead a, lead a little caution. Look, he's fighting a guy who's never lost. Um, you know, and he's taking the fight on short notice, up a weight class. Um, I think he's the better DraftKings play, but I'm not going to pick him to win here.
2: All right, um, Chris.
3: All right. Well, I do think that. Uh, I mean, that th- those are both points that um, that should be mentioned, and they're good points. The fact that he's moving up and the fact that it's short notice, but um, I, I like I like Gilbert Burns a lot here. Uh, Sean mentioned that Kachenko is I don't stop he's not, agreeing with my strong plays. I know stop I'm, it. I'm dooming, I'm dooming us both, but uh, I can't help it. I just think that Burns is not only is Kuchenko a not active enough striker, but you can back him up pretty easily if you take the initiative. Um, he let he let Thiago Alves work for for big portions of that fight. I actually thought Alves won that fight. Uh, neither here nor there, but I think that Gilbert Burns, look, we, we've we seen him get a little while on his feet and get hit with a counter shot, and I think that is that is the K- Kuchenko uh, win path here. If if Burns gets a little wild on his feet and uh, he cracks uh, Gilbert Burns. Other than that, I just don't see where Kuchenko's going to have an advantage. I think that, look, Kuchenko's obviously a strong guy, good grappler, but I, we've, we haven't seen anybody yet that Gilbert Burns can't take down, so it will be a first if Kuchenko won't be able to get in there. Once he gets in there, I think he has his way with him as he does everybody else. But the one thing I, I, I would I would maybe ask for clarification on, Sean, you think it would be – I like him too. Don't get me wrong. You think it would be a slate breaker though? I think he's going to be pretty popular for as a 7,200
2: dollars. Slate breaker is in no burns, no money. Okay,
3: okay. You think he's going to be on the optimal. You think he's going right. to be the optimal. Fair enough, yeah. And he's
2: going to be somebody who's it's not even close.
3: Right. Okay, so uh, in that in that case, in that case, I agree. I like him a whole lot. I expect people will, so it might be a little bit of a trap. I would say, you know, Kuchenko for the scarcity play because I like doing that. But I, even that, it's hard to have a ton of it because, like I said, unless he catches them with that counter, it, he's just not going to score. So my play is Gilbert Burns. I'm sure we will be in the in the majority here, but uh, I I love the guy's fighting style have for a long time, so that's the play.
2: Right, Enrique Barzola 8,900 taking on Bobby Moffat at 7,300. Line value here is on Moffat Barzola, priced almost at 9,000. He's minus 120. Moffat is plus 110. This is a case where I don't agree with the odds value. So, what Joe said earlier about uh Macedo, I'm gonna say here against Bobby Moffat to me, Moffat's only path to victory in this fight is catching a submission. He could do it but he's going to be really popular now. I think Barzola will be just fine in the feed against Moffitt. I know he struggled against Aguilar. Barzola, great wrestler, has a wrestling advantage in this fight. Moffitt's a submission grappler. You can usually get those guys to the ground. As long as Barzola stays safe, I think he wins this fight, and he's the sneakiest GPP play because no one's going to own him at, at minus 120. So what Joe is saying about Macedo and Vienna, I'm saying that about Barzola and Moffett, I am picking Henrique Barzola to win this fight. Uh, Chris, you start this one.
3: Yeah, my only problem with uh, Barzola is is that Aguilar fight kind of scared me because it showed me that if if you can't if Barzola can't get you to the ground, he basically doesn't have another path uh, to win. He he looked he looked sort of like a deer in headlights for most of that fight. He turned it on a little bit in the third round, but uh, overall, I think it's a concern because I think Bobby Moffat is is the better, uh, more solid boxer. Now, I think that uh, it it could be the case that Barzola could get him to the ground. You know, we saw uh, Ray Borg get him to the ground. Uh, I think Ray Borg might be a different quality of wrestler, but fair enough. Um, I just think uh, Moffitt is live here because, as I said, uh, I don't think Barzola is a sure play if if he doesn't get the takedowns. But having said that, you need to have shares of Barzola, of course, because we've seen in his wins he puts up a lot of points because all he does is rinse and repeat takedowns. So once these two get on the ground, I think it'll be it'll be interesting, because as Sean said, even Sean would say that Moffitt needs a sub. I think he'll be able to find one uh, if they're on the ground potentially. So that makes this interesting to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Moffitt here just because of um, they're both wrestlers, so that could negate some of the takedowns. And I don't trust Barzola on the feet if it stays there. So my pick is. A slight edge on Moffitt, but definitely
1: have your shares of Barzola.
3: Joe? Yeah, major line value on Moffitt, which
1: I do completely agree with. Um, Barzola opened the week minus 200. He's now uh, minus 137. On DraftKings Sportsbook, I think you said he was minus 120. Um, I, lo- I love the camp change um, for Moffitt. He went from MMA Lab um, to Fight Ready, where his coach moved to. He... In some interviews are saying this is the best camp uh, that he's had. Um, looks really good. Um, I don't know that his striking is better than Barzola's, but I do agree that he will have his opportunities for submissions if Barzola looks to take him down. So I, that's an interesting dilemma. You've got a rinse and repeat takedown guy who is not very good at top control and can easily give up position. Um, is he – is? you know, ATT going to advise him as they have in every fight um, to, to take down a submission specialist in Bobby Moffitt or is, are they going to tell him to use his striking, which uh, it seems Barzola has fallen in love with based on his, his last disastrous fight against Aguilar. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. Um, I think there's incredible line value on Moffitt. I love his price on DK. Um, I will have a lot of him. Um, Sean's point is a good one for line value players. It could cause Barzola to be under So for game theory, um, you know, sure, have a share, have a few shares of Barzola if you're looking to max. Um, but I'm going to actually pick Moffitt for the upset.
2: Now, either me or Joe is going to have a really good week, and one of us is not going to have a good week. <laughs> uh, next up, Vulcan O. no, we got to talk about the hype train first. Rodolfo Vieira, 9,100, taking an Oscar Pajota – at 7,100, Rodolfo Vieira making his UFC debut with minus 215, Pajota plus 195. It is a hype train in this one. I am on because Vieira is a BJJ player, um, world-class guy, coming along in MMA. Pajota, you know, not great. Has some power in his hands. Knocked out Tim Williams last time out. Doesn't do a ton. Actually, a few not fights yet. ago, last time out, he got submitted by Gerald Mearshart. You gets submitted by GM3. You're going to get submitted by Vieira. The second this fight hits the ground, it's a wrap. Um, Pajota's got to keep it standing. I just don't think he can do it. Love Vieira in all formats. I do think he's going to be pretty popular. Um, but I will have a couple of shares of Pajota because, similar to Barzola um, in his fight against Aguilar, if Vieira can't get this one down, Pajota's got more power in his hands. Although Vieira is a very large man, I just I'm going to have a bunch of Vieira and the lineups that don't. A fair amount of those will have Pajota. Uh, I just think it's a great GPP fight. Um, Joe, you start this one off.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brett Appley is very high on, on Vieira. One Apparently one of the finest um, gi grap uh, Gr- <coughs> I can't get that out. Gi Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world for a number of years. <coughs> Excuse me. Making his UFC um, debut with a 5-0 MMA record. Um, you know, Brett is extremely high on this guy, Brett Apley. Um, I am kind of picking up on his enthusiasm. Uh, the risks that Sean mentioned are there. Um, you know, he could gas out if he doesn't find what he needs to find. Um, the problem is Pajota can also gas out. He's gassed out against uh, GM3, um, you know, and got submitted. Uh, so this is an interesting fight because Piota is more rounded and has got skills. It's just the one skill that Fiera has. It's like when Crone Gracie fought Bruce Leroy. It's, it's so much more dominant than what the other guy offers that um, he should be able to use it and make it work if the fight gets anywhere near the ground. So I'm going to pick Vieira. I think he's a solid, solid GPP play. Um, I think I would pay up a little for Shevchenko for cash, but I certainly like him uh, as a GPP play. Um, I'm going to obviously pick him to win by finish, by submission.
3: Chris, yeah, I um, I actually, you know, it's it's strange because I do think that we've seen fights uh for, with Vieira where if you you can keep him on the end of your punches and when that happens, like he's been hurt in a couple of his fights, but the problem is when he gets hurt, that's his opportunity to connect with you, and when he connects with you, he takes you down. So I do think that Piota, as you said, look, he's got a chance if he keeps it standing. The problem is. If Gerald Mearschardt could take you down that many times, uh, Vieira probably can too. Gerald Mearschardt is nobody's idea of a great wrestler as much as I like the guy. So I do think that Biota has a chance here. I think he's live. But I have to think that at some point, this fight is going to hit the ground. And when that happens, Vieira is just going to win. I am going to be pretty heavy on Vieira here, although I know most people will be too. I just don't trust Piotr to keep this standing or to knock him out before the inevitable takedown happens. But as I said, have shares of both because it's the definition of a binary fight. So uh, be careful.
2: All right, moving on. We have Vulcan Oztemir, 8,500, taking Lear Latifi at 7,700. Oztemir, the favorite, minus 155. Latifi, plus 145. Oztemir looked better than he has in a long time, in my opinion, against Dominic Reyes last time out in a loss. Um, I was never a believer, in the, even when he was having those fluky knockouts. That was a good performance from him. Latifi, physical specimen at 205, getting old, though this is the fight I've been bouncing back and forth between. I think right now I'm leaning towards as the pick, but Latifi for the price savings is a better DK play, but this is one I've been struggling with, so let's go to these guys for it. Chris?
3: Yeah, I think that um – I agree with you 100%, which I, I know I, it's an annoying habit that I need to stop doing it, but uh, you're leaving me no choice here. But I do agree with you that Ozdemir um, looked much better his last time out. He was slipping shots and countering much better. I also love that he was really incorporating wrestling. We saw him do that a little bit uh, in the fight before that against uh, Anthony Smith, but I think it looks like that's something that he's going to continue, and I, I really like that he would uh, really opt for risk control uh, during his takedowns, it, it seemed like it didn't seem like a bullying takedown, it seemed like a technical takedown where where he knew what he was doing. So, I like that a lot. I like the constant pressure um, that he kept on uh, Dominic Reyes. That's part of his fighting style, but I think it was even amped up a little bit more in that fight. And Alir Latifi is look, he's a guy who's gonna try to wing hooks at you, and if, and if one catches, he's gonna get you, or he'll try to wrap your neck standing, and that's it. So, can he catch Uzdemir and knock him out? Of course he can. But I just think that Uzdemir has more tools. Uh, mix in the wrestling. You know, and, and look, he gassed out pretty hard in that fight against Corey Anderson. If uh, Uzdemir can, can mix in some of that wrestling and clinching and, and gas him out again, I, I also like that aspect of it. So I'm going to pick Uzdemir here. I think he could be in a nice little sneaky play. He's coming off the three losses in a row. Uh, people are going uh, to remember Latifi winning. Uh, more recently, and also in dominant fashion, he had that uh, the um, the guillotine against uh, who was it uh, oh. OSP, and uh, you know he got a lot of points in that fight. So I think of the two, TV going to be more popular. So I am kind of heavy on the Usdemir trainer, which is which is um, kind of weird to say, especially uh, how he's been performing lately. Uh, Joe, before you.
2: The breakdown for this fight, I need to ask you the question from uh one way here in chat who asks, Who has better hair, a or Vulcan?
1: Vulcan or who, or a Lear, Latifi? They're both bald, dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but who, who's got who's I'll, the lean I'll, I'll to a I'll give the lean to L- Latifi. Um, but I, I, I don't think I don't know how sneaky a, a, a play that Vol- Vulcan's going to be here. It was a technical loss in his last fight against Reyes. I think Reyes was even surprised he got the decision in that fight. Um, you know, here's my other issue with Latifi. Latifi is a power wrestler. I'd have to believe, and I am not an expert, but I'd have to believe the worst injury for a power wrestler is, is to your back. And he is coming off of a series of back injuries. Um, and let's, let's tell the truth here. I mean, if there is a fighter that's more diminished than OSP. I mean, put your hand up. Um, you know, OSP is kind of, you know, now he he's like at that low-end gatekeeper role. Um, I like Vulcan here. I think, again, I think he won his last fight against uh again, his last fight against Reyes. I think he was winning against Smith until he gassed out. Um, hopefully he's worked on his cardio. Um, I thought I heard he had some visa issues in coming to the US, which is meant he was doing his camp. Um, overseas and not in the U.S. Uh, someone maybe can confirm that, um, but I'm going to go with uh, with Falcon here.
2: all right Moving on, we have fight I teased in the open. Eduardo garrigori 8400, taking Humberto Bandani at 7800. The newcomer Garagori is actually he's still the favorite, minus 115. Line's closed a bit. Bandani plus 105. Um, Really, both guys are not very good. Bandai is one and two in the UFC coming off the tough Latin America. Garrigoi is only on this card because he's from Uruguay. He's unbeaten.
1: He's not. Um, he's a Brazilian. I, yeah, he's actually fought in Uruguay, but he's not Uruguayan. Oh, uh,
2: sorry. Right, he's he's still the local fighter. If there exactly. wasn't, that's why he's on this card. Um. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those. I think I have a little more faith in Bandai, but. All the odds tell you Garagori. Guys, I love this fight for GPPs. Um, neither one is very good. I think they're going to – a low-level fight. Someone's going to sleep early is my inclination in this one. Um, give me bandanized the pick just because I know more about him. It's hard, it's hard to find tape on Garagori. Uh, Joe.
1: Yeah. Um, so the only reason that uh, Garagori is on this card is because he um, – he has a local connection born in Brazil. He's fought. He's had some fights on the Uruguayan, uh, regional scene. Um, his opponents have been, let me put it kindly and say, interesting. Um, if you look at his last fight against a guy named Stevens, Diago, um, Diago's got an Owen one record and his one loss was to Grigori, which I found kind of interesting. um, I am uh, I am going to go with uh, Bandele here. Uh, oh, and his uh, his other opponent, um, August Marquez, also 0 1. 1. So that's a real killer scene, that Uruguayan regional scene. Um, he's coming off of two wins against 0 1 guys, um, who he was their only opponent. Um, I'm going to go with Bandele here, and here's what I recommend people do: is some of that line value ownership on on Mercado, move it over to Bandele. Because uh, I think he's got a much higher ceiling. Now, you can argue his floor is lower, although I would maybe even argue against that based on the quality of opponents. Um, but I'd say move some of that line value ownership away from Mercado and move it on to Bandelay I'm not saying Bandele is the greatest thing since sliced bread here. I am saying he's a better fighter. He's fought against better competition in the UFC. Um, I expect him to get the finish here.
2: I, I have to say, I, Joe, Chad's blown up. I love your pronunciations. Just so everybody's clear, it's Veronica Macedo and Humberto Bandeir
1: and Macedo.
2: Mercado or... and Bandele. Is he Bandelei Silva?
1: I, I, I mispronounced them on purpose. Um, oh, no, you I, got
2: you. Got you. I I just I find it entertaining.
1: Google Norm Crosby when you get a chance. I, I mispronounce a lot of these guys' names on purpose.
2: Oh, I I, I know you do it on purpose. I just I just yeah. I particularly like those two. Yeah. Um. Chris.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's all right. I've um, oh there I am. I've posted a handy uh, a handy translator guide in the chat, so Thank everybody's you. cool. Um, but no, I actually am going to uh, pick the debutant here. Oh, I know your name. point about lack of experience is taken, but look, I've never I've never picked uh, Bandanae in a fight before. I'm not going to start now. Picked him against uh, picked against him rather uh, in the Austin Arnett fight. That turned out well. He's just a very—he's a, very, a, a kick-heavy fighter who throws one strike at a time. He's very easy to be backed up, and the opponent here is very aggressive, if nothing else. Aggressive and powerful, and good on the ground. So that's enough for me, really. I mean, what is besides the the knee against Martin Bravo that knocked him out? What has he really shown you? So I, if, if you want to talk, uh, if you want to talk experience, I understand, but it's not like Bandana has shown you a ton either. Well, at least he, at least he trains out of a good camp. I mean,
1: he trains out he trains out of Timoyama. I have to believe that he's getting better. When was the last – like anybody who who bets on a guy um making their UFC debut off of two oh and one fighters? Um, that is a that is just a a recipe for disaster. I mean, you know, Timoyama, you've got this guy. um you know he it's a good camp um in the us. Um, you know, at least he's getting some decent training. I mean, I'm not sure that fighting on the Uruguayan regional scene is any better than
3: sparring at Team Oyama. It might not be, but, I mean, my only point is, and look, your point's taken that, you know, everybody, but, but I think everybody's going to feel the same way, and that's why I don't think he's going to be owned. I, I know that he's training with better guys. I know that he um, has at least had octagon experience. But look, some of these dark horses. I mean, you talk about slate breakers in the other direction. This would certainly be one. I think um, this what? is a guy who knows nobody's going to be on. Who's a good, aggressive, powerful fighter. Um, and band and I just hasn't impressed me. So
2: I'll, I love well, both sides of this fight. I will say, GPP, I like both sides.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's fair enough too. Look, um, as I said, band and I is 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 a hard single shot single shot guy. If he lands, and somebody brought up a good point in chat, that's. Uh, Marco said, has he ever been hit? And no, I've never seen him rocked. I've never seen him hit clean. So that's a good point. A totally fair point. We need to see how he reacts to being hit. Not there. So there are total warts on this pick, on this play. I'll be the first to admit it. And Gagori is the favorite, which is insane. Yes. And well that, that will just be that will just be even more um to get um the scarcity that I desire. I think I'm gonna get it. And look, I think he has a good opportunity to Knock him out or get him on the ground and sub him. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to stay with my pick of uh, Garagori here.
2: All right, guys. Co-main event or people's main event time. Vicente Luque, 9,000. Mike Perry, 7,200. Luque, minus 215. Perry, plus 195. Another good GPP fight. Look, Luque, I guess he was in a war last time against Brian Barbarina. The guy hits hard. I think Barbarina, that's the only time he's been finished by, by strikes. Mike Perry, while he's aggressive and more powerful, I don't think he's as tough. Um, but... Again, more more power. Luque should be able to grapple him if he wants. I don't know if he goes that route, if it turns into a brawl. Anything can happen with Perry's power, but the point is here, Luke is just a better fighter, and I think the fight against Barbarina has people a little worried, a little more worried than they should be. But Perry alive with his power for sure. Uh, Chris, start us off.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I went back and I, and I looked at that that fight against uh, Brazilian Cowboy Oliveira because I thought, wow, you know, that's got to be the best win of his career. Let let me go back and see how he looked in that fight. And basically what I got out of it was he did okay in the clinch, but essentially all this was, was he toughed it out until Oliveira tired and then went after him. I mean, he was getting uh, pieced up with strikes for large portions of that fight. The thing about Mike Perry that I dislike now, especially now that he's at uh, Jackson Wink is Jackson Wink seems to have this, this, this nasty little habit of reading the aggression out of their fighters. I mean, since he's gone there, like he's, he just—I guess Joe Rogan would call it technical—but all it really means is you stand and wait um, for your opponent to do things. And I feel like that's the trap that—I um, feel like that's the trap that Mike Perry's fallen into here. I feel like um, Luque is a much more technical striker. Like imagine if imagine if Calvario Oliveira was uh, a technical striker and didn't just try to leap into the pocket uh, with every with every strike he threw. That's Vicente Luque. He's a much more technical boxer. He's a much better grappler. I think he can use the wrestling game, too, if he wants. And, look, I was pretty confident that Oliveira was, was going to beat Mike Perry. I won't lie at all. But it was a gas tank issue. Credit to Mike Perry for being tough enough to, to tough it out, as it were. I don't think toughness is going to be enough here. I don't think Mike Perry has anywhere near a deep enough skill set to beat a guy like Vicente Luque. So, yeah, I'm going to eat the chalk here, and I'm going hard on Vicente Luque. Joe? Yeah, uh, by the way,
1: Chris, I don't believe that um, Perry did this camp at at Jackson Wink. Oh, he didn't? Okay, fair enough. I think he did it. I don't think he did his camp at Jackson Wink. I'm with you on Luke. I mean, one point I want to make, and for those of you that also watch Alpha, I apologize for making this point. um, Perry fights nothing like Brian Barberina, right? So if you like Perry, like Perry because he's going to get a one-shot knockout. Not because he's going to wear Luke a down with punches. That's not Perry's game. He's not a super high velocity puncher or thrower. He is more that one punch knockout guy. Um, the other thing is, I would not use Perry in cash. Um, if you're going to play Perry, he's a GPP play. Um, you know, high ceiling, low floor. Um, I would certainly have a couple shares of him in mass entry. But like Chris, I am going to be fairly significantly exposed. To Luke. All
2: right. Main event time. Valentina Shevchenko, 9,600, taking on Liz Carmouche at 6,600. Who wants to hear the stupid odds? It is. No, <laughs> oh, five, five, five dimes actually came down a little bit. Five dimes is only minus 875. So you can get anywhere from minus 875 to minus 1,300 on Valentina Shevchenko. Liz Carmouche, somewhere in that plus 685 range. Look, this comes down to. Carmouche did win the first fight, I'll steal Joe's thunder and say she was losing that fight um, until she caught Shevchenko with an upkick, uh, cut her eyelid, doctor stoppage, and that is a loss on, on Shevchenko's record. Carmouche needs to grapple in this fight. I just, Shevchenko's better everywhere. It's a matter of how many points does she score. Outside of the Priscilla Cachoeira fight, you know, Shevchenko doesn't typically score great, and she's going to need 110 points to be on the optimal GPP lineup. Lover in cash games. I'm going to be underweight in GPPs because I don't know if I want to spend all that money when all these other 9000 price fighters have just as high of a ceiling. So uh, Shevchenko clearly the pick to win, but I'm going to tone down my exposure on DraftKings. Just, I will roll out Shevchenko in cash, though. Uh, Joe, start us off. Made of a- yeah,
1: actually, Sean, slight correction. Um Shevchenko is, has broken 100 in her last three fights. Um, right,
2: so she's broken 100. Sorry, I should have clarified. Yeah, so she, she's got 110 mark. She needs 110 in this fight.
1: Catch a beating. She got 140, um, 109 against uh, Joanna Champion, and 103 against Jessica I. And in that fight against Jessica I, she only got eight significant strikes. Um, what I like about Shevchenko here, um, and let, let's, you know, to, to, to be note, um, Carmouche has never been been um, knocked out um she was submitted, but that was I believe six and a half years ago um you know sean Sean told the the story behind the the loss um you know shevchenko got cut fairly badly and and it was stopped but here's what I like about Shevchenko's last three fights um and why I think a, a, as much as a twelve to one fighter can be a sneaky GPP play um Against Priscilla a beating, 95 significant strikes, two takedowns, four advances. Um, Joanna Champion. You,
2: you, you can't use that fight, though. The okay, fight okay. been... I'm
1: just using that as a lead. Ugh. Joanna Champion, who has got very good takedown defense, five takedowns, three advances, 89 significant strikes. Jessica I okay, as long as that fight lasted, eight significant strikes, one knockdown, two takedowns, three advances. I love that Shevchenko has been working her wrestling into her game. No takedowns against Nunez in a fight, which I think she could have won. Um, you know, two takedowns against Panea, three against home. Um, I definitely like the fact that she works her wrestling in. Um, I don't think she's going to be afraid of Carmouche. Carmouche um, is obviously physically strong, but this is a five round fight. If this was a three round fight, I would definitely say run and hide for GPPs. Um, I do think she is the safest cash play on the card, but I will also say I'm not playing any cash um, or very little cash. To me, this is a GPP card with a fair amount of variance, so I'm not going to be playing much, if, if at all, any cash. But um, I really like Shevchenko a lot here. Um, it would really surprise me um, if, you know, Carmouche was even competitive in this fight. I mean, maybe for a round or so. But if this goes five, I expect a pretty dominant win by Shevchenko.
2: Honestly, that 110 is not 12x, and that's not a guarantee to be in the optimal lineup in this GPP card. That's, that's my only point, point true, with why. True, true. That's my intent of going under-owned on, on nope. Shevchenko.
3: I, I, I hear you. Uh,
2: Chris, what do you got?
3: Yeah, um, just a quick word on the fight itself. is like Karmush basically gets by with her with her strength as a wrestler and and look, we haven't really found anybody that Valentina hasn't been at least able to compete with in the strength department yet, including Holly Holm. So I don't expect that to be a, an advantage for Carmouche That would be the only one that she could have, and I don't think she has it. So um, long story short, I think that Valentina is going to walk through her pretty handily. Now, we know that Carmouche is tough. I'm not really expecting a finish. If she gets a bunch of takedowns, maybe that's something. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if, if she necessarily gets those takedowns either. I think those could end up being maybe stall outs in the clinch or, or something to that effect. So I am actually, I'm with, uh, I, I I'm going to grip my teeth. I'm with Sean again. I think that this could be a depressed scoring, uh, fight, but I do think that Valentina takes it. I just don't think that, um, I mean, Carmouche has sort of a good meat and potatoes game against certain opponents. I just don't think it plays here. So, Big on uh, Shevchenko, cash games, whatever, but probably doesn't make that 10 to 12, whatever that you're looking for.
2: All right, hot takes for UFC Uruguay. I'm gonna read a couple, of you a uh, couple of viewer ones while we wait for these guys to get one queued up. Uh, one way says Luke versus Perry ends in a DQ by groin strike. I love that. Uh, Will Will Tuisca who if I said your name wrong, I'm really sorry. Pajota KO's Vieira as he's coming in, viable. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two best ones I see there. So thanks to those guys um, for sending those out. You guys got a hot take queued up for UFC Uruguay?
3: Yeah, I as long as here I am. I'm going to say that um, Vargas ends up on the abdominal line.
2: Holy crap. All right, that would be really bad for me. Well, not terrible, but still, I, I, I don't like that. But, okay, it's a pretty hot take, Joe.
1: What, what? I'm sorry, what was Chris's hot take again?
2: Rodrigo Vargas on the Vargas optimal. on the
1: optimal. Wow. Wow. I'm yeah. going to say that um, Tisha Torres gets her first finish since Crocs were cool. Yeah. Um, actually, not not that long. Uh, 7-7, 2017. Sevens are wild against Lima where she got a sub. I'm, I'm saying that uh, Tisha Torres is back. She's got her partner back. She's been training against world-class Muay Thai practitioners. She gets her wrestling going. Uh, Tisha Torres, by submission or inside the distance, I think both those numbers are going to look pretty good. Um, It is a risk play. Um, I do have a sizable wager on uh, Torres to win, so my perspective may be slightly skewed. Um, But um, I do like, uh, I'm going to take Tisha to get the finish here.
2: So Joe usually gives out the bets I'm going to this time. Um, although the line isn't available anymore that I bet it at. But I I have – and it's right opposite of Chris, which I love. I have Silva wins by TKO KO. I bet half a unit on it at plus 315. You can get it at plus 260 now. Um, I just think he's going to wear down Vargas and get a finish. He's just a better fighter. So uh, I like him inside the distance specifically. A knockout in that one. That will be – my hot take. So wow. That's what we got for UFC Uruguay. Make sure you subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel, Rotowire MMA on iTunes. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required as Chris is playing with his different options here. You Hoping know what?
3: I, I like this so much better because no, nothing chops off my head. I think we're going to do this from now on if that's okay. Yeah, but why But
2: why are you you the biggest one here?
3: Why, well, you know, the, the stream obviously is very intelligent. It's, it's a good AI. <laughs>
2: Clearly. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, good luck in your contest. See you next week.
1: for hey, wait, wait. Yeah. FYI, next week is 241. Um, you know, big card, obviously. Um, give, give Invicta some support. The card is on right now. Um, there's a fighter um, fighting um, on Invicta right now whose style is listed as Zombie Zitsu. So I'm very curious to see what Zombie Zitsu is all about. Um, Invictus on Fight Pass. uh, Give it a support. Invictus is typically the only other promotion where I I actively watch fights. Um, But uh, I I wish everybody good luck. And uh, let's make some bank. Uh, The contest, the main contest is already out for UFC 241. $300,000 prize pool, $25 entry. Uh, It is very skewed. Uh, 100,000 to first, which is 33% of the pool. <clears throat> so there is something to look forward to for next week. So enter those qualifiers, get some tickets, um, and uh, good luck.
2: All right, guys. Good luck on your contest.
1: See you next week. Later. Yeah, I was, I was just trying to out of the corner of my eye.
4: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.